and I want to talk to you about that topic tonight. They're coming. They're coming. And I got one scripture that I want to read to you tonight from John 10 and 10. And John 10, 10, Jesus says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and we thank you tonight for your warning, God. For many times, Lord, your word is a comfort. Many times your word is a warning. Many times, God, it's a warning and comfort. Father, it is all knowing. And tonight, my Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would be the one that dissects it. Lord, I pray, my Father, that revelation would shoot up, my Father, from the heart of man into their mind. God, that it would bypass the ears and come directly into from the heart. God, that we may understand the word of the Lord and understand what you are saying to the churches. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just break this scripture down to you tonight for just a little bit if I can, because I believe that this is the word that the Lord gave me to share with this church. There are two entities, and they're coming, and they are in your life. There's not a person that's alive that these two people, these two entities, these two beings are not available for, and that is the thief, that is Satan himself, and Jesus Christ. Both of them want space in your life. Both of them want space, and the one that's going to have that space is the one that you give it to. There, that's the one that's going to have that space. But Jesus, in talking about Satan, he said, the thief comes. The thief comes. And I'm telling you tonight that it doesn't make no difference what you do, the thief's coming. It doesn't make any difference what you say, the thief's coming. You can bind, you can loose, you can do what you want to do, but the thief's coming, I can tell you that. And he's coming in a way that God describes here, Jesus describes here, and gives us clues as to what we should be doing. You see, he didn't say the robber was coming. You know, I worked in law enforcement for many years, and there is a big difference between a robber and a thief. You see a robber because he's on all the video cameras at the, at the gas station. You know why? Because he just busted right up in there, right in their face with a gun, and held them up and said, give me what you got. And he took it right from them in, in their face, or he walked up to you while you were pumping gas, and he just hit you in the face and took what you had because he's a robber. And that robber is bold, is bold and, and brazen and they don't care if you know who they are and, and, and the way they roll and their MO is just take and go and run in your face and take it. But the thief is not like that. A thief will ride by your house three or four times waiting for the opportunity to come and get what you got when you're not looking. The thief is sly. The thief is tricky. The thief... What his goal is, is to come in and take what you got and leave and be far gone before you realize that what you had is no longer there. That's the thief. You know, whenever I was in um, Afghanistan, I was in Afghanistan for a couple of years. And you know, I live with the paparazzi. My wife posts a lot of stuff on Facebook. If, you, if you're her friend, you know that. And... Um, if you're not a friend, you don't know it, but if you're a friend on Facebook, you know that, that she's the paparazzi. She posts everything we do. There's no secrets. And I'm sitting there in Afghanistan one day, 
And there's a picture that she's taking of some kids in the backyard, and I'm looking, and I'm like, where's my trailer? It was gone. So I picked up the phone, and I called, and I said, hey, look at these pictures you took. And yeah, and she starts telling me about what happened and who came over, and I said, oh, where, where is my trailer? I don't know. I said, well, it's gone. I said, when did it get gone? I don't know. And it had been gone for days. And the good thing is it was my brother that come and got it because he just didn't come and got it and come and borrowed it and nobody didn't steal it. But Ramel had no idea that it was even gone, you know. And that is what the thief wants to do. The thief wants to come and take something from you and get all the way gone without you even knowing that it's not there. And you know what happens when the thief comes to kill and to destroy? He steals what you got because what you got is precious inside and it's the gift of God that is in you that he's looking for and the things that are pertaining to life. So he comes to take those and most of the time he don't back up with an 18-wheeler because he's got to get away with what he can carry and he's taking small pieces away at the time. Most of the time when the enemy comes, he's taking small things. That's why the Bible says that it's the little foxes that spoil, spoil the vine. You see, when he's coming, he's not trying to just hit you in the head because you will know that that's him. And when you recognize that it's him, you're going to put up a defense against it and it'll begin to pray against it. But the thief will come and the thief will steal your commitment. He'll come in and he'll make you think things like, you know what? I'll pray after a while because right now Honey Boo Boo's on and I want to watch it. This is the best episode. And then you didn't know it was a six-hour marathon and so you watched it until time to go to bed. And you never did get up and go and pray. I'll do it tomorrow. The thief wants to take your commitment. The thief wants to take your devotion time. The thief wants to take away the word of God from your life. And the way that you interact with God, that's what he wants to take. Because if he takes the building blocks of life away from you, it's easy to come back in and see you die. You see, he's not the one that killed you. He just convinced you to kill yourself. That's what happened. The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And the word destroy means to lay waste, to make useless. And this is the devil and the way he comes and what he's coming for. He's coming to make us useless. He's coming to make us useless by taking away our prayer. He's coming to make us useless by taking away our devotion to God. He's coming to make us useless by taking away our peace by taking away our joy. And when he can steal those things just little by little, circumstance by circumstance, until all of a sudden what you're angry for and what you're angry over becomes bitterness in your spirit, becomes a stronghold in you, and something has been stolen. And looking back, you're not even sure where it went or when he come and took it. He is coming. He is coming. So Jesus is trying to make a point that the devil is coming and he wants to take things from you before you recognize that they're gone. But then he said something else. He said, but I'm coming. I came. And I came that you might have life. 
and have it more abundantly. And you see that word life that he has there is the same word life that you see in John 3, 16 when he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's the same word in John 14 and 6 when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am coming that you may have me that you may have life in you. And the enemy wants to take that life out of you because the word that is used there in all those places and so many more in the Bible is the word Zoe. It's the word Zoe. And what it means is vibrance. It means a vibrant life. And I want to ask you tonight, does your life in Christ, would you describe it as a vibrant life? Is it full of vitality? Is it full of zeal? Is it full of love? Is it full of joy? And if it's not, there is a great possibility that the thief has come and he started to undermine what God is building in your life piece by piece, little by little, until he can kill and destroy what God is doing inside of you. But Jesus said, I'm the giver of life. Jesus said that I want to bring the Zoe. And you see, life means life more than a conqueror. Life gives you more power to overcome. The life will give you what God's promises has, has said. God, the life will give you the promises of God. And it'll give you victory over the enemy. So Jesus is the answer to the enemy's coming. And every one of us, the enemy's coming. And he's going to try to undermine. But Jesus came that you may have life and life more abundantly. And you know, I love that. That sounds like something that I would say like ain't no, you know, more abundantly. That's a double positive. They always talk about you can't use a double negative, but what is more abundant? I mean, it's abundant already, so more abundant. You know what I believe, and, and, and I really thought this whenever I, I didn't, I started to look in the, in the Greek and see what it said, and I said, no, nah, no, nah. I just believe it. It was so much they couldn't describe it. So that's what I decided that it was. It was just so much life that they didn't know how to even say it, so they just said more abundant than abundant. And that's the life that Jesus comes and wants to give us. Now, Now, I know that, if you in here, you probably, you probably never allowed the enemy to steal anything from you. You've probably never done that, but I, but I have. I, I've, ha I've allowed him to steal my peace before. I've allowed him to steal my joy. I've allowed him to take things from me. I've allowed him to put me in some places where I was depressed, where I was full of anxiety. I've allowed him to put me some, in some places where I didn't know how I was going to get out and it looked very dark. I've allowed him to put me in some places that I should not have allowed him to put me in. But you know what I found out? The life still comes. The life will still come. The life will still come. Every time that I would turn my eyes towards Christ and I would get myself set back in the way that he wanted me to go, every time that I would do that, the life would return in me. So every day I have two choices of what voice will I listen to.
And you see there are some things, and I believe with everything in me, that there are some people that are here tonight, that there's some things in you that have died. There's some things in you that have died. Now, I want to just take you down a road for a moment. I remember I, I, whenever I was growing up, there was five of us, and I had an older sister, and it just so happened that she was meaner than anybody else in the house. I mean, I, I, I tell this as a joke I, 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 in, during, in the family that at one time during our childhood, about the time she was 15 or 16, that I wasn't outside to see it, but a traveling evangelist saw her in the yard and God said, that girl has some inner needs to come out. And he stopped and exercised her because all of a sudden she'd become a good person. And, and I, I tell that story at the family reunions all the time. And, and you know, it's kind of a, a running joke, but seriously, she was, she was extremely mean she was extremely vindictive in that and whenever she was young and you know I remember whenever we were kids that I was so afraid to do something wrong do you remember that when you had never done anything wrong and your heart would pound when you did something wrong you remember that and I my sister this is she was she was the biggest instigator in my life at the time of of, of doing bad things and I would watch her, and, and my dad at the time, he, he wasn't a Christian. He, hadn't, he wasn't saved yet. All my latter years of my life, he was a, a great Christian, but he wasn't saved yet. And he, he smoked, and he had a pack of cigarettes laying on the end of the bar. And I'm not kidding you, my sister would walk past there, and she would put a finger on top of it and thump the back of it with another finger, and one would fly out, and she would catch it in her hand and never stop walking. <laughs> and as a little boy, about, about two and a half years younger than her, I'd be like, whoa. You know, I mean, that's just amazing. And then we would go out there and we would hang out the window and, or she would hang out the window and I'd be outside, I'd go outside and I'd have some matches and we would smoke that thing. And you know what? I would be so scared. I was so afraid. But I remember distinctly, after a couple of months, I wasn't really that scared anymore. And you see, this is what the enemy does. The enemy wears your conscience down and he takes the life that God give out of you or that God give you. He takes that life out to where our conscience don't operate like it used to anymore. And all of a sudden, what used to convict me don't convict me anymore. All of a sudden, what used to bother me don't bother me no more. All of a sudden, the standard that I had one time that was so high now seems crazy. And I've dropped it down to here because... Life has left me and the enemy has come in and taken things from me in small doses and caused me for, to settle for less than what God has. In Ezekiel, there's a story. In Ezekiel 37. In Ezekiel 37, and everybody knows all about this. Everybody that's ever read the Bible has read this story. And Ezekiel says in, the, in verse one that the hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by all of them around and behold, there were very, very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry and he said, son of man, can these bones live? Now, I just want to stop right there, and I want to tell you this. There are things in life 
We know by reading this story that there was time that there was life in these people because there is no grown bone that was not once alive. So there's bones there. There are people, and this was a symbol of people who were once living. They were once vibrant, but somehow or another, their life had been taken away from them. And Jesus says, or God says to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? I love how Ezekiel answers him. He says, uh, Lord, you know. Sometimes that's the best thing to do, especially when you don't know, you know. Lord, you know. And it was a good enough answer for God, evidently, because he continued to talk to him. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter into you and you will come to life. You will live. And I just want to stop right there for a minute. And you know, in, in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, the Lord says that he formed man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed life into him and he become a living soul. And when we look in the word of God, what Ezekiel is calling breath. And even in a moment when he tells that, that God told him to prophesy to the four winds to come into the lungs of these men that they would rise up and live, that is the word ruha. And it is air, breath, spirit. That word is the same throughout the whole Testament. When you, Old, Old Testament, when you see air, when you see spirit, when you see wind, it's all, or, or breath, it's all ruha. That's what it is. And whenever we talk about the Holy Spirit, it is the ruha kadesh. That's what it is, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, God is telling Ezekiel, Command the wind, command the breath, command the breath that I gave to them to begin with, command the breath that I breathed into them in Genesis in the beginning, command the breath that comes from heaven, not the breath that comes from man, but command the breath of God to blow in them again that they would live. I'm telling you that there may be some things in your life that the enemy has taken from you. There may be some things inside of you that the enemy has stolen and he's come in and you might not rightly know when he took it. You might not rightly know how it left or you might know every detail, but baby, it don't make any difference if you know all of it or none of it because there is one that called you. There is one that chose you and he said, I come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. And I'm telling you that now is the time that you need to prophesy to the dead places in your life and say, give Get up and obey the word of God. Prophesy to the dead areas in your life and say, rise up, obey the word of the Lord. Get up because life is coming back into you. This hour that we are living in, I'm telling you about, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, I was in Afghan over in Uganda and the word of the Lord came to me. I saw a man that don't know Christ healed. Long story short, had no idea who Jesus even was. After the Lord rose him from his deathbed and totally healed him, then the man received Christ. Didn't even know who, who Christ was. And the Spirit of God spoke this and says, just as I broke forth there, 
I'm going to break forth in your state and all men's going to know that I'm God. And I'm telling you that we are on the threshold of seeing just that. We are on the threshold. And God is saying to his church, prophesy to the dead areas in your life and say you must live. Prophesy to the things that have died. Prophesy to the things that you think are gone and dead to the dreams that I gave you. And Lord God, I just Speak it over them now that in their life, Father God, the dreams and the visions that you gave them when they were younger men and women, God, that they would come back into their mind now, Lord, afresh. And Lord God, that they would speak the word of life over them and say, live in the name of Jesus because God gave you life and gave it to you more abundantly. God called you to have the abundant life. And this is what the problem is. You see, if we look on down in Ezekiel, it says in verse nine, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And then he tells Ezekiel in the beginning of verse 10, Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as he commanded me, the breath in them. And they came to life and stood up a vast army. And in verse 11, he says, these, he said to me, son of man, These bones are the people of Israel. What he was telling them is a parable. He was showing him a parable. He was saying to them that them dry bones is my living children. Those dry bones are my children. They're my people. And there's dead things in them. And there's death in them. When I gave them life, And I want you to prophesy over my people and say, live, live, live. And there are things I'm telling you tonight that are in you that have been dead for a long time. I can look at some of your faces and I can see almost a glimmer of hope. Like, could it be that it could live again? But I'm telling you now, in the name of Jesus, it can rise and live again. I don't care what has happened. I don't care how it got broke or how many pieces is lost and that you can't find. God will make it live Again, I want you to stand to your feet with you. This is coming upon us. It's coming now with no delay. With no delay. There are areas in the church, in the saints of God, and I'm not talking about just casual attenders. I'm talking about people that know Jesus, people who are reading the Bible, people who are studying, people who are praying, people who are trying to live right. The saints of God. And there are areas in our life that if we were totally honest with the Lord, that we struggle. There's areas that we just can't quite figure out. And there's areas that we know that life has just crushed and taken away. 
But I'm telling you tonight that God said prophesy to that area of your life and command it to get up. Command it to come together. Command it to live again. Lord God, tonight, God, we speak your word over the body of Christ. We speak your word, my Father God. Lord, for your word says that you came to give life and to give it more abundantly. Now, my Father God, I have to choose. I know that you are in me, and I know that you are in these that received you. And if you are in them, my Father, and you are Zoe, God, you are life more abundant. That's what you are. You are the Ruach Kadesh. You are the Spirit of God. You are. And Lord, if that Spirit is within me, then life is within me. And if life is within me, God, I pray that even right now, my God, that life would push out all the dead places from within me in the name of Jesus. God, I surrender them to you. Lord, right now, prophetically, in our mind, Father, we walk through our houses, Lord. We walk through the house of our heart, the the mind of man, in every closet, every room, every hidden place, we open and turn the light on and expose it to you. Lord, every dead thing, everything that stinks and smells of death, we command to be gone in the name of Jesus. And I prophesy a freshness over this house. I prophesy a freshness over myself, a fresh wind of heaven that is blowing in, saying, live, 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 live. In the name of Jesus, live. In the name of Jesus, live. Increase in the name of Jesus. Father, the gifts and the callings of God, your word says, are without repentance. And Lord God, tonight, Father God, we just surrender to you and say, Lord, I know all that you called me to be and to do has not died. Hallelujah. And there is life in me. Oh God. And Lord, now I pray, my Father, that as a fire would grow, Lord, when it is kindled, that the life inside of your children, my God, would begin to flourish into the abundant life, into the vibrant life. No more just hanging on. We're not trying to make it to next Sunday. We're not trying to just get by until tomorrow. But oh, Father God, we receive the glory of God coming down from heaven, straight from the throne of God, the word of the Lord, the life that is in Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit to be more than a conqueror we receive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to just tell him, I receive it, Lord. I receive it. Lord, bring back to my mind, Father, every gift, my Father, that you have laid in me, God. I pray right now, Father God, that you would bring to my mind every dream that I've let die. Lord, I pray, my Father God, that as I examine myself in you tonight, Lord, that you would show me every place, Lord, that the enemy has stolen away what you've given me, all the precious possessions. And Lord, your word says that when I catch the thief, 
he has to repay Father, not only equal, but Lord, he has to replace sevenfold. And Lord, I pray now, God, that you would show me, my Father, the areas that he is spoiling me. My God, that he would have to repay. And Lord, every area of death that I see through the Spirit that is in my life, I give permission to the life of God to come in permission to the power of the Spirit of God to come in and take control of these areas. I surrender it to you, Lord, and I proclaim life more abundantly. Life more abundantly. My life will resemble this, Lord. For your word says, Lord, my God, that there should be a zeal that is within your children because of your goodness. And I speak it over them now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.